You're listening to the Think, Live, Repeat podcast, a place for people who are looking for simple and actionable ways to bring their lives to the next level. I'm your host, John Skomsky, and I want you to get ready for some amazing conversations as we dive deep into the minds of successful people, how they think intentionally and live differently. There's just two simple rules. Change doesn't have to be complicated, and change begins with your mind. You literally possess the power to change the direction of your life. So consider yourself warned. If you're not ready to start growing today, you might just want to turn this off now before it's too late. What's up, Inward Investors? It's another edition of the Think Live Repeat Podcast. So glad you joined us. And yes, another incredible guest is with us today. So this guy's pretty special. He's an author. He's an entrepreneur. He is into real estate, which is obviously such an incredibly popular topic these days, uh, into personal development, helping men work through, high-performing men work through the stuff that life throws at them and be better fathers, better husbands. I'm super excited, looking forward to this conversation for a while now, worked through a reschedule, worked through a three-hour meeting, some frozen pipes, all kinds of crazy stuff, and it is here, it is happening now. Brett Snodgrass, welcome to the show. What's up, John? Thanks for having me, man. It's, uh, it's exciting. Yes, we tried we tried to do this a couple times now, and uh, the weather, li- life's just been throwing us some curveballs, man. So uh, I'm excited to be here. It is meant to happen. So I love this question. It's it's going to sound funny because it is kind of funny, but I think you're going to know the direction it's coming from. So what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, we get what you do. We're going to get into that. But what is Brett? Who does Brett want to be when he grows up? No, that's, a, that's a great question. I mean, I think just in the season of my life, I mean, I'm all uh, really just about impact and significance. So uh, so whatever I do, um, I'm a Christian man, husband, father. Obviously, it's, my mission starts in my house uh, with my kids and my wife. But uh, just impacting people um, uh, to, to help them grow, to help them be more who they were designed to be to give them purpose and and have them passion i've seen a lot of men are in our generation and our age lose a lot of passion and purpose and they kind of wander they waver so to give that back to them uh that's just that's just what excites me um to see men light up uh and that's why we kind of do what we do with our with our organization that we'll talk about iron deep and uh yeah, just uh, to help men grow to be more of who God designed them to be. So, was it always that? So, in other words, obviously, when you were five, maybe you wanted to be a you know a firefighter or something like that. But you know, at some point, you're 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 an, you're a man, you're an adult, you're growing, you're doing business things. Was it always this kind of maybe if it was even latent at times desire to make an impact, or was it like you started succeeding in business and then looking for more and kind of that became a fuller picture with time. Yeah, definitely. It became a, f- a bigger picture over time. Uh, so I grew up in, in Indiana. I was a basketball player. So I wanted to, to be an athlete, to be a basketball player. My dad was a high school basketball coach. So that was part of my life until I was about 23. Um, and then I really just want to make a lot of money. Uh, really throughout my 20s, I read some books, read some real estate books, got some mentors, and really it was just all about making a lot of money, living a life of freedom, having options to do whatever I wanted to do, not having to ask if I have the money or the time to, to do these certain things. And uh, and really it was about money. It was about pleasure, right? It was about uh, how can Brett receive the most pleasure possible in life. Um, so, uh, so that was it until about 30, you know, that's when I became a a Christian man. Things, my perspective really kind of changed. Um, 
and then and then yeah, I just think I think seasons of life kind of shift, and now it's really just to use that platform, that success, that the resources, the money, um, you know, the people looking up to me, the mentorship to to make more of an impact during this season, and that's been. Yeah, probably the last six, seven years, that's kind of been that shift. Uh, so for me, like, you know, there's a book out there called Halftime. It talks about kind of like that first half of your life being all about success and then the second half being more about significance. And I think men and women can can relate to that season that, that we're in. How did you, so you, when you, you've been speaking material success then, so obviously real estate, so paint a little bit of a picture of what that looked like then. So you're, you're in your early 20s. Again, it's... I mean, you can't scroll through social media without seeing something about, hey, you know, flipping houses or, uh, you know, rental properties or whatever. Or Grant Cardone screaming about something or uh, <laughs> now, um, what's his face? Uh, Pace Morby or, you know, all these people are out there. And so everyone has this idea kind loud. of, yeah, they talk very <laughs> loud. So clearly there are people and a lot of people have become very wealthy through real estate. What was your journey? And in what are you doing now versus what you know when you started into real estate? Yeah, I mean, I've like I said, I've always kind of had the entrepreneurial mind. I love the buy and sell thing. So uh, whether whatever age you're in, if you kind of like the hustle of buying and selling, fill in the blank, whatever it is. So I bought and sold candy as a middle schooler. I bought and sold cars in my early 20s or stereo systems or DVDs back in the day. I bought and sold them on eBay, and it just so happened. I landed on real estate when I started reading books about a lot of people have built their wealth through some form of real estate. That's when I got interested in it because it's a very unique product uh, and and there's a lot more you know, zeros at the end of some of these products, right? Um, I yeah, had a, Compared to a DVD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, compared. Yeah, you make three bucks or... 3,000 or 30,000 or whatever, you know, it's, and it's the same type of thing. It's buying and selling a product. Uh, so really that's really where I started in, in real estate. I bought my first house in 2007 for $9,000 and, uh, and I sold it for 15,000. So I made six, $6,000 in that very first deal. And that was, you can't buy a lot of deals like that, uh, in today's market, but that's, that's <laughs> where it was at then. Um, you could buy a room for that. Yeah. Much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, so that was my first house. The next year, we we were doing several. Uh, I think we did 150 the next year or two, and then I've been doing it for 17 years now. So we do a lot of the very similar things. You know, we're we're looking for deals. I love chasing deals. I love the art of the deal. That's kind of where I get excited. Uh, the adrenaline starts pumping when I look for these uh, certain deals. And then our exit strategies change a little bit. We sell them. We fix them up and sell them. We sell them with seller financing. We rent them. Uh, but typically. It all starts with the deal. Uh, so 80% of our business is, can we find good properties? And uh, we have a good system with that um, that we've developed over the last 17 years. Is it possible, so for someone who's in their 20s right now listening, is it possible to still get a competitive advantage and enter the industry now and become wildly successful? Or is it fundamentally different post-COVID, post-crazy you know, crazy inflated, well, real estate and rental prices, like, has it been a paradigm shift or is it just a perception, but there's still value to be had if you know how to do it and where to look and all of those things? Yeah, I'd be, let me just try to think about that. I'd, I'd be real honest. Um, so yeah, we had a challenging time for about a year there and I was so glad that I was established, right? Mm. Because I think that if I was not established, 
we could have went downhill and had to had to close our doors. If I was a new person, I always tell people, what do you, what do you do if you're a brand new person in your 20s? I mean, if I was in my 20s and we, we host a meetup here in Indianapolis, so we're teaching a lot of 20 year olds uh, what to do. And I always recommend, again, you know, mentorship coaching is really, really important. I would go work for another organization, really just learn how they're doing it. Uh, I don't know if that's what you recommend in any industry. Go learn how they're doing it. And that's what I did. I worked for another organization. I got to a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom, and I was like, you know, I could do this. So I would go work for another company for a couple of years and then and then do it. Can you be wildly successful? I think like anything, it takes a lot of hard work, um, and it's just a lot more competitive now. I mean, you know, we started before this whole thing was before Grant Cardone was screaming about it or Pace Morby was talking about, it, but there were people talking about him. People talk about the infomercials, cars and sheets, all that stuff. Rich Dad Poor Dad was obviously huge back in the day, and he still is, but. Uh, so there's people talking about it, just not as many. There wasn't, uh, you know, the YouTube out there. Um, so yes, you can be wildly successful. The the cool thing is the information is 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 right there. I mean, we really had to dig for the information and look for the information. Right now, the, all the strategies that Pace Morby talks about are they they do work. Um, it's just a little bit more competitive out there. So you kind of got to figure out what you're doing. So yes, I I I see new guys coming up all the time, and uh, and they're making it work. Um, so. So yes, I do believe so, but it I think for me I think it'd be a little bit harder today than it was than it was when I started, so for sure. Well, I would think it'd be, you know, the barrier to entry has been raised as it were because you've had 12 to 15 years of guys like yourself that that are now established, that now have capital to immediately go and and you know invest and and leverage in your advantage. So it's, you know you're 20 years old and you got like you know a few thousand bucks in the bank or something. That that's the tough part is that I think the barrier to entry might have been raised. And it's not unlike you know I'm a financial planner and I started I just like you and I'm such a huge advocate of this. Start as an employee and and just learn it even if it's for six months for a year. Just understand and focus on learning instead of, Hey, how am I going to pay the bills this month? Cause when you enter an industry and, and there are organizations that like they do six weeks of sales training and throw an advisor out and there's no way to learn everything in that time, uh, period of time. And what you end up doing is making poor recommendations for clients and you have to, you know, end up doing things that are problematic, you know, at best. So the idea of learning within Learn the art, learn the trade, learn the craft, then go and make your way. I think you get a much better chance of it. But yeah, going back to the original ideas, I just think the barrier to entry is probably just higher. Yeah, yeah. And I think there is always always pivoting. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pivoting, but I would totally agree. I mean, when, when uh, so for example, direct mail is pretty big in real estate right now. Mm-hmm. And I started learning that about six or seven years ago. And people would talk about it like, oh, you re- you're going to mail out these letters and people are going to call you and we're going to show up and try to buy their home. I'm like, that's not going to work. And at that time we started doing it and we could spend maybe a thousand dollars and get, get a property. Well, now you got several (laughs) people spending several thousand dollars a month. So you got these big, you know, companies spending 20, 30, $40,000 a month. And that's just in my city. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think that the very energy, the service industries are, are huge now versus, what they were. I mean, used to you have to dig for your lists to find motivated sellers. Now people yeah. are very accessible. Um, people would have to pick up the phone and cold call people. Well, now there's people that actually cold call. There's whole companies surrounded around cold calling only for motivated seller real estate. So I totally agree. Um, but 
I was talking to a gentleman the other day, and if you are small, you also have some other advantages where he can look at different places. Maybe it's Facebook Marketplace and scroll through that. It used to be Craigslist back in our day, <laughs> and find these certain deals that we're all going to miss because we're just you know, yeah. mass yeah. produce, mass spreading out this marketing. So there's so there's some advantages. And if you're a one man band, I mean, you don't need you don't need to do that many deals like. In real estate, the margins are big. I mean, you can make 15, 20, 30K in one particular deal when we have to do several of those to pay for this whole big, big thing. So anyways, there's advantages, yeah. disadvantages of all that. So at what point did you decide, because obviously you were a solopreneur, as it were, at the outset, at what point did you start saying, okay, I got to bring in, you know, fill in the blank, the guy who's going to, you know, change the toilets and the sinks and all that. And now you got a sales guy or a marketing gal or whatever, like how did that go? Because I'm fascinated by that in my own in my own life with my own business. It was always like, you know, as the advisor, it's a little bit different because they're hiring you in that sense. But I was doing everything from like paperwork to sitting down with clients and everything in between. And then I got to the point where I was like, I just can't. But then you almost have to take a step back financially to free up the time to do more, to make more money. And, and, and it's always such a paradigm shift with entrepreneurs. So how did that play out in your life? Yeah, I think it is. It's just it's just a perspective. It's a paradigm shift. My dad, we worked the business together for the first six or seven years. He retired early. He was a teacher. Uh, we were doing things. But his philosophy was always, why would I hire someone to do it when I can just do it myself? <laughs> and that was always his words. And that words always stuck with me. Why would I hire someone to put in kitchen cabinets when we can just do it? Okay, well, that, that makes sense. Uh, I don't want to pay that money. Let's just do it. And then now my philosophy just totally shifted. We're like, why would I do it myself when I can hire someone else to do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <It's, laughs> so for me, uh, that it was a it was a huge shift. Uh, actually, one of my friends needed my first employee. They needed a job, and I honestly felt kind of bad. Okay. And I was like, well, you know, you could you could help me. And their first job was writing writing these letters, handwriting these letters, and, and, and mail them out. And I had another friend, and he hated his job, and uh, and I kind of did like answering the phones and I didn't talk, I didn't like talking to sellers and I didn't like looking at all these houses and, and he liked doing all that stuff. So it's like, well, why don't you just, why don't you try it? And it was just all an experiment uh, for right away. And then the experiment worked and I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. And I still do that today. I mean, everything uh, is always kind of a test or an experiment. An example for me was I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana and my market's in Indianapolis, two hours away from me. It's hard to run a business two hours away, right? Um, so a lot of us are remote, but I was saying, how can I, but I was getting exhausted driving back and forth, back and forth. So I said, well, how can I solve that? And I was like, what if I hired a driver to drive me back and forth? And I got one of those sprinter vans to take me back and forth so I could get my work done. And how much would that cost me? Anyways, I'm a, I said, this is an experiment. Let's try it out. It's been six weeks now, and now I'm I'm like I would never go back, like uh, you know. So it's all just kind of an evolving an experiment. Um, it's just worth the risk, uh, right? I think just becoming that delegator, becoming, um, you know, see where your biggest need is, or what I did is like what 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 role do you just despise? And someone else loves that particular thing, so. Is there a need there that you need? And then someone else is going to come in. They would just, they would kill it. They would love it. So 
I don't know. That's probably an answer, but those are some of the things that my mind kind of goes through. Yeah, no. Well, I don't think it's a defined process. I think it's more or less a collection of, of epiphanies or mini realizations and, and then a slow mindset uh, mindset change where, you know, again, you're like, gee, that's, you know, four hours. If it's two hours, is that two hours one way? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it's yeah. four hours a day. I mean, that's, I a, that's 20 hours a week. That's a huge portion yeah. of your life that you can't get back. And so. I don't and I don't go every day, but I mean, I would go I would go once at least once a week, if not twice a week. And uh, but then I would try to cram in all of these meetings and like I would just be exhausted. I'd get home. I'd be so behind because I was driving and I'd walk in. I'm not present. And it's just chaos. So <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Your mobile office. I love it. Yeah. So you, you have iron deep, which, so let's get deep here. So more or less in terms of the mindset. And so in an audience who's been listening for a while now and people following social media know that there's been an indefinite intentional shift towards a focus on mindset, mental health, anxiety, and, and as how it affects various people in various roles and, and, and the journey along the way. So Let's look specifically at you as you've gone from, let's say, let's say 23 to 33, that that 10 year period where you went from, okay, about that money, I'm going to be successful and reaching success and then finding faith and then starting to look beyond that. What was the inward journey of that? In other words, what was Brett going through on the inside? What mindsets did he maybe find out? And I'm talking about you in the third person. You're sitting right, well, virtually sitting in front of me. What mindsets did you like arrive at? You're like, oh, this wasn't helpful. I believe this all my life. And now suddenly like it's created this anxiety or it's created this negative feedback loop where I keep, you know, approaching this situation from a negative framework when it should be positive. So there's really no specific answer here. I'm just interested to kind of understand the the mindset that you've espoused and how that's evolved over time. So you can kind of take that wherever you want to go. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when I first got started, my mindset was, uh, again, just to just to do everything, wear all the hats, and just try to make as much money as possible. And if I can make just as much as money as possible, then maybe I'll be happy, maybe I'll be fulfilled at some point, uh, because I'll have the freedom then to be able to do what I want to, to do. Um, but a lot of the fulfillment, honestly, is as, as an entrepreneur is, is, is in the journey. I mean, it's kind of looking at these different things, these different challenges in your life. I mean, I, I kind of thrive when I have something to tackle, uh, some sort of challenge. We love to fix things. Uh, so mm -hmm. when I have something, you know, I mentioned to you at a house burned down a couple of weeks ago. Well, that's only happened twice in my life. I used to be like, oh my gosh, I had a house burned down. Now I'm like, oh, interesting. Huh? Well, what are we going to do about that? I don't know. That's I never had that happen very often. That's kind of fun, you know. So we just kind of figure it out. Um, <laughs> I love um, the reframe. That is a powerful yeah. reframe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, yes. Uh, and then you reach a point where you do make some sort of money, some sort of success, but you keep moving the goalpost. You keep adding. You keep doing things. And uh, and then so I start measuring different things now. So obviously before I would just measure, I want to make as much money as possible. And if I can do that, then maybe I'll be happy. Maybe I'll be fulfilled. But there's other things that now I try to measure, right? Obviously the money is one. I, I also measure that. I also measure my time. Like am I sp spending my time wisely? That's why I hire the driver, things of that nature. I measure my sanity, which is the anxiety, which is the depression, which is the stress levels. Uh, and I just take a step back and I reflect on it like, okay, how, how are you doing? Uh, and if it's not 
going well, uh, what do I need to do? So for example, right now I'm meeting with a coach and things have been really chaotic in my particular life. Um, whether it's I'm doing quite a few podcasts, we just wrote the book, uh, we have Iron Deep going on, I've had to step back into the real estate business, you know, we've done a lot of different things. So I got a lot of things going on, right? Just like just like all entrepreneurs, we all have a lot going on and I need to take a step back and be like, okay, I got a lot going on and my stress level has increased and I'm like, okay, I'm, I got a lot of a stress and anxiety and I need to, to reflect and like, what do I need to remove? Um, to what, you know, what is something that I could live without on my list? So I write down all this list of what I'm, what I'm, uh, what I'm doing. And when I look at these things, could I live without that? Is that, is that going to bring me to, you know, the, where I want to go? And if it's not, then I got to figure out what do I need to remove? And I think that's the, that's really hard as an entrepreneur. It's very hard to remove things. And as we go through life and we just keep adding and adding and adding, and then we wake up one day like, oh my God, why am I doing so much stuff? Is because we never, we never remove anything. Uh, so I think, you know, just really taking that reflection, that, that step back, what are you doing? And is it, if it's not getting you to where you want to go and who you're designed to be and the purpose and the passion, then removing that. And that's okay. Um, so I'm kind of going through that right now and then developing filters for your life. Uh, so one thing I'm kind of going through is let's take, um, let's take iron deep, for example. Okay. Brett is Brett wants to do iron deep. It's a men's organization. I find a lot of fulfillment in it and passion and it's, but it takes a lot of time, but okay, let's look at the filters. Let's say money is a filter. Does it make me money right now? Like it hasn't, but I'm like, okay, that's okay. It's my ministry. It's a purpose. Maybe that, but that's a filter. How much time does it take? Right? That's a couple of filters. Does it bring you a lot of stress? But here's some other exterior filters. Does it bring me closer to God? Right? That's maybe a filter. Does it bring, is it beneficial for my family? That's a filter that I try to go through these different opportunities. So there's, so going through these different filters helps me like, is this an opportunity or is it a distraction? And if you have these different levels of filters that are very important to you and going through each thing and going through that filter, and uh, that's just a way to help me remove things uh, from my life. And it's very hard to, to do that. But those are a couple of things that, that have kind of helped me uh, through the journey. I love that filter. I, that, that, that is such a good relate because really, like you said, we're, we're all like pack rats in the sense of we accumulate things to do. And a lot of it is stuff we like, uh, stuff we feel like we have to do stuff we need to do to make money, stuff we need to do to keep, you know, friends, you know, uh, happy and all our family duties, all these different things. And so then all of a sudden in, in this, I mean, I've candidly seen this in my own life just this past, uh, you know, a few weeks working on launching, you know, on the cusp of, of a new community and, and keynote speaking and, and just like, you know, and I have a financial planning practice. So like working and then coming home and working and it's like, well, and, uh, who was it? I think it was, um, Grant Baldwin of the speaker lab. I had him on last year and he was talking about, you know, with the speaking industry, it's very much like hot and cold, right? Like you might be gone you know, 20 days out of the, the month, one month, and then be home the whole time. So having a conversation with your spouse, with your kids ahead of time is in, is this a season or is this just the way things are? And if it's a season and there's a, in, in the, the end of the season, the end goal is going to benefit you and your objectives and your family, then it's worth it. 
or using your language, if it checks the box on the various filters, you know, you're trying all these pairs of glasses. Okay, this one does. Okay, this one doesn't. Great. It's a season. We all make sacrifice to make it happen for the end goal. On the flip side, if it's just the way things are, or it's because we're, we're not wanting to put the glasses on and check on these different filters and then and then have to, you know, let it go, because then it, you know, we're, we're, we're worried about how it looks or how other people would perceive us dropping this thing or how we feel about ourselves, letting ourselves down and all these other things, then, okay, that's a problem. And so that that filter thing, I, I'm, I'm just picturing like, you know, you're, you're trying on glasses. Like, this is what I'm visualizing, visualizing right now is you got like five pairs of glasses and you're just like, okay, yep, not nah, eh, a little fuzzy. Nope, crystal clear. And then you're just like checking the box. And, I, and man, that's yeah. good. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, and it's, but it's so easy to lie to ourselves too. So one of the things is I get around, I try to get around other people and, and maybe they can help me go through the filters or asking my wife, like, what do you think about this because I can really lie to myself and I can yeah. really say yes no this is really good for my family this is really going to benefit us yeah, yeah. <laughs> really this, this week-long golf trip is so good for everybody <laughs> yeah. because when I'm happy they'll all be happy yeah I gotta go <laughs> <laughs> but maybe like if you're listening your filter is is just different different than mine so one of the things so I developed iron deep and you just go back to that real quick the deep part was I wanted to build deep relationships with God and with other guys with other people I feel like we live in a culture that we go wide, um, shallow relationships, acquaintances, and we don't really have a lot of depth to our life with when it comes to relationships. So one of my things was I want to develop deep relationships. So now one of my filters is, is this going to help me go deeper with people or wider? Um, and that those are just some of the things I think about. And it can be like, so for example, when I go meet some of these guys, like I want to meet them in person. I want to see them. I want to be with them. But that takes time. Like you can't do that a lot. It takes a lot of intentionality. But again, my desire is to go deep versus wide. That's just a filter. So when I go to these things, is this wide or deep? It's just something to think through. That's oh, me though. Yeah. Well, hey, but no, that's so true though. Because again, we can only have so many interactions uh, we only have so much time. So if it's all going to be this, you know, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to drive somewhere collectively an hour. I'm going to spend two hours socializing. So it's, let's say it's a three hours out of your day. Let's say it's like five 30 to eight 30. Right. And, and you know, wife and kids at home, whatever your husband's at home, like whatever the, who's ever out working. Okay. If it's all just like surfacey stuff and there's nothing to show for it, Maybe I mean again, it's like why are you doing it? What's your value stack? How do you approach this? It's but we you said the word intentionality. And that is at the core of my personal brand, invest inward, which is thinking different, uh thinking intentionally, living differently. It starts with an intention because so much of what we do, and I would argue society or culture almost trains us to be passive in the sense of just whatever happens. Like just live, man. Just let it hit. And it's like that's how you get to a point in life where you wake up and you realize you wasted a, a decade or maybe two or four. It has to be intentional. And it has to be just true true to yourself. So like, you know, you mentioned some of the guys on YouTube and and, and uh, the guys that are well-known that, that have the megaphone. And, uh, you know, I see that. And a lot of people that desire to be known to 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 blow up. And there's obviously this, this part of you that, oh, that, you know, I want that. Um, but then this filter is for me, it's like, well, that's pretty wide. That's maybe not, am I going to have those deep relationships? So 
Um, I think just thinking through some of these things, you're not going to do this overnight. You have to keep constantly reminding yourself of these, and I'm definitely not perfect at it. This is just something I'm, I'm kind of like going through, and and I'm still learning it, uh, because you just have to be intentional about all these things, or you're just going to be this hamster with all these demands, and people are going to run, you know, run your time. They're going to run your finances. And you're going to, like you said, you're going to wake up a decade later and like, why did I do all that stuff? I wasn't even true to myself. It's not even what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And um, it was, and I, I fear, and it's it's probably not something we should fear. I honestly do fear that candidly. It's just like, I don't, you've got one shot at this, right? You get one go around and you don't want to blow it. And I think it was um, Vin... Uh, Vin Gang, Jang, I think I think is how you pronounce his name. The this the guy the the uh, guy with the crazy like bleach hair. He's the magician, the communications expert, and all. That. I love his content. And he told a story of a he worked in accounting firm very briefly, and he right out of college or right around that time. And and the owner basically came to him and said, in the next six months, one of two things is going to happen: you're either going to uh, quit or I'm going to fire you. And he's like why i'm kind of you know good at this and he's like look at my hands and you know they were all the guys the owners all arthritic and kind of you know just they looked like they were painful and he's like i love playing the piano and as uh, i quit that around not know 20s or whatever to go start the cpa firm and here i am you know you know four decades later and i have all the material i have the boat i have the mercedes this that and the other thing but i gave up on the thing that brought me intrinsic joy and here I have my hands now, they're arthritic, and I can't do what I want to do. And he looked at Vin, and he's like, you obviously love other things than accounting. I'm paraphrasing here. I wasn't there. you know. And so go do the thing you're passionate about. And so you hear stories like that, and it's like, am I living within the matrix? Am I, am I, have I tricked myself into thinking that what I'm doing is really all I'm supposed to be doing? I just got to, you know someday magically wake up, and it'll all be like, I will have arrived, which I know is a fallacy, but you think that way. Um and it's just, I think it's a struggle for so many people because we think we have to check the boxes of, you know, this type of job, this type of income, this amount of assets by this age or else, but then we end up just living for some future point that doesn't end up coming. And then, like you said, you look back and you're like, oh, well, I guess that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a waste. Uh, that was a waste. And, it, and, 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 you know, everyone says it, it goes, it goes really quickly, it goes fast. And I, I just think it, the boil was down to, uh, and it's hard to do. It's hard to figure out, to be honest with yourself, to be true to yourself. Like, what do you really want? Because there's so many voices out there that are telling you what you should be doing. And you're, and and it's just hard to get clear, right? It's just hard to get quiet and be still and, and to get clear on on you know what that's supposed to look like. Um, so, uh, you know, one one question to be asked, like go back to the money. I was at um, I think my pastor even said this. He's like, you know, what if I could write you a check for ten million dollars? Uh, would you take it? And the answer is like yes. But what if what if the thing was, what if I could write you a check for ten million dollars, but then you didn't wake up tomorrow? Mm-hmm. That probably wouldn't probably wouldn't nah. work, right? Yeah. Um. So, just to be thinking through that, uh, right? I mean, I think again, you know, guys, especially in my season, my age, we we do start thinking about these more things because you know, kids are getting older, you know, and you're like, wow, it does go, it does go pretty quick. I better start <laughs> being more, you know, passionate about what what's what Brett loves to do, you know. So yeah. Well, speaking of that, 
uh, we got the book, The Secret War Within. Okay, you're doing real estate. You got you got you're busy. You got a family and all these things. And they say, what possessed you to write a book? And not just like a book about real estate, which everyone would be like, oh, okay, he's just kind of like validating his experience, whatever. This is a allegory, so fiction, and of you know spiritual, faith based sort of journey of this guy and what he goes through. So like, how did you decide to do that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just I love to be creative, and that's kind of where the entrepreneurial spirit uh, comes in. So I love to just kind of just to, to create, to be creative, to get into my own imagination. Uh, so when I was looking at, at writing out this book, uh, that's just kind of what popped out. I want to do something a little bit different, a little bit unique, uh, maybe not that the normal business owner would do about the seven steps to build your business or whatever, or the normal Christian book, which is typically a nonfiction you know, when you have scripture in there and all that stuff, this is more of that story of bringing people into the into the story. And the secret war within really is about this man, a lot of my own life, about kind of pulling back the curtain and what is he going through? How is he feeling? What's he thinking about? And he has all these different things. He's chased all these things for his life, but he still feels unfulfilled and he can't quite put his finger on it. So he goes on this adventure uh, to really find the meaning of life and that's really where the story comes in so uh so it was fun i think it was really just a fun project uh you know i was doing iron deep so obviously it relates a lot to that about what men go through um it's radically honest it's uh it's gritty it's masculine it's pg-13 so it's a little bit different than the normal type of faith-based books um and i think really it's just a fun it's kind of the introduction to iron deep and really that's that's what i wanted to to really tell my tell some of my story, but to do it in a in a in a very unique, um, interesting interesting way. So yeah, was were there books or authors that that you could point to that kind of formulated your style? So in other words, like speakers, I could give you a list of speakers or pastors or people that I've listened to, you know, from a child all the way up till present that have informed how I speak, how I relate, communicate. Same with writing and that. Is there like I'll just and I'll just throw one out there. I I you know as I'm reading this, I'm thinking. Randy Elkhorn, like that just made me think of, I mean, he's a very powerful, he's got the ability to weave fiction and, and then these really salient truths. So that was something I, I read and I was immediately like, this reminds me of books I've read by Andy Elkhorn. But anyways, yeah. Is there any like kind of hero authors, speakers that have informed you? Yeah. yeah I'm a big, I'm a big, um, uh, celebrate C.S. Lewis, his writings, mm. uh, The Lion, Rich, and the Wardrobe, um, obviously became movies, uh, really loved his, and he did nonfiction and fiction, uh, Lord of the Rings, obviously, was another <laughs> kind of allegory style, which was, which was huge, um, won't relate myself to, to that, but, uh, So you're saying this is about to be a major <laughs> motion picture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, though The Shack was another, uh, was oh, yeah. another the allegory, shack, yep. uh, allegory book, um, and then Andy Andrews, I think he's an author. He wrote books called like, uh, you know, about a guy named Mr. Jones, Jones, he's called and some of that stuff. I, I just love reading, reading some of those stories, uh, just kind of bring me into the story uh, that I thought is just really uh, fun, a fun way to, uh, to speak principles and truths, but to do it in a fictional way. Well, there's two ways that people retain information, like exponentially more if you do one of two things or both. Number one, you tell stories, mm-hmm. you know, end of story. Pun yeah, intended. Right. Uh, which leads me to the second, which is humor, if you can get them laughing. Yeah. Stories and humor are the two great uh, like, like adhesives to whatever content you're putting. If you can make people laugh and you can do it in a story... The, and there are studies that have been done that, that have shown the exponential increase in retention and then ultimately implementation because we just, that's, I mean, 
it's how we relate. Yeah. Um, it's funny because uh, most of the men uh, and women that have, that have read this book, typically their first thing is I typically don't read fiction. Uh, but I love the book. And uh, so I think, you know, again, uh, this isn't a book. I don't typically read fiction, honestly. I mean, the ones that I mentioned were like some right. of the ones that I read, but I typically read nonfiction, how to grow, how to better myself. And hopefully you can read this and to get all of that uh, to grow, but you can really relate to the main character and you can really see the inner workings of his heart about like, what's he going through? So I think that's where men have really resonated with it. You're like, Oh my gosh, like, how did you know? Like I can see myself in that particular story about all these things he's, he's battling with. And I think that's what your show is about, right? It's about the mental health of this character and you can see it. Like I could have told my story, like, here's what I've struggled with, or you can see him struggling. And I think it's just more impactful. Yeah. Well, we do that. We, 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 you hear a story and you immediately put yourself in, I mean, you watch a movie, right? Yeah. And you're sitting there thinking, okay, what would I do? At least, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't always think that. Sometimes it's just like, <laughs> oh, it's fun. Watch people get shot up and yeah. action and punch and kicking and all that great stuff. My wife's like, another action flick. There's like, did, how many John Wicks did they really need? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they keep making but, the same movie. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but uh, anyways, but yeah, so it allows you to immediately just put yourself into it where maybe somebody who knows you, it's harder. Like if people who know you, they read your book and they're thinking, well, Brett, they're reading your life into it, right? Yeah. Whereas when it's a fictional character, now it's like, oh, I can just, I can be this guy. Like I can, I can go sit in this cabin and, and, and talk to these characters and all these things. It's just, it's a way to cut through the perceptions and go right to the heart. So I love it. I thought it was great and reading through it now. So uh, yeah, I will say it's, uh, it's funny how like people that do know me, they're like, oh, I didn't know you did that or did that. And it was fun doing fiction because I didn't have to do exactly my right, life. Right, Obviously right. there's pieces of my life in it, but I am not. And I think I had a mentor really help me write this particular book. And that's what they kept reminding me. You are not the main character. Because a lot of times you think you have to go certain directions of your own particular life. And it just kept reminding me, you are not uh, the main character. He's going to do things I do that I didn't do. So Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Good. And that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so do you think do you think there's more, uh, more books on the horizon? Or was this kind of a, I wanted to check that box and uh, we're on to other things? I mean, definitely it was a, it was a check of the box. It's fun. Uh, probably the most, one of the hardest projects that I've done, and I've done some, some different things, but one of the most difficult things that I've done, uh, right? I mean, you got, it's a good year to 18 month project for me. Um, and just going through the editing, the publishing, it's just, it's just a lot. Uh, so I know now what it's going to entail. Uh, it's going to be easier because now I know the process, but I know the works it, that I'm going to have to put into it, but I have some other ideas, uh, some other fictional, non-fictional types of ideas. Uh, whatever I do, I want it to be just impactful, something that I'm passionate about that I can, uh, use my my talents and my resources to to create something that I'm proud of, not just to crank out a book because I don't know. That's just what I'm what I'm supposed to do. So yeah, yeah. The war within <laughs> yeah. remix. Yeah. yeah, the war <laughs> war within final battle. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I have some other. Yeah. I, yeah. I have some other ideas that are just kind of. Uh, um, you know, I won't, I won't talk about them, but it's just, just unique ideas. And I, I think the fictional way I've, I kind of enjoy it. I kind of enjoy it of, of making a, a non-fictional history story or character into 
uh, a fictional way. Yeah. So I, there, there definitely could be something in the next few years. I got this advice last week. So I meet with a, with a coach and, and we were going through some of these different exercises and, and looking at these different things. And, uh, and, you know, he would ask, have you ever said this to yourself that I, this is, I will do this until this. And he says, this never, this never comes. Um, because if you, if you do, if you are successful, so if you, you know, if John, if you are a successful speaker, if you put out a successful book, if you do something successful, there's going to be so much more opportunities for you that you'll just keep going. So again, drawing out these filters, I think is for myself, for everybody uh, listening, I think it's just, it's just really important. Um, yeah. So I know that I, that I keep saying, yeah, I'll do, I'll do this until this, yeah. So, and it doesn't, yeah, it no, doesn't that's have, such a good, that's, oh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> if the, the, if then the, if then paradox, Yeah. well, let me ask you this. So how does someone engage with you more? So as we wrap up here, can, is like, is iron deep, uh, in person only, is it a virtual like mm-hmm. organization? Yeah. Like where do you post content? People follow you just mm-hmm. kind of tell the audience how they can engage with you and maybe even take the next step. Yeah. So Iron Deep, uh, yeah, you can go to our website, irondeep.com. Uh, my email address is maybe the best way is brett, B-R-E-T-T, at irondeep.com. Uh, we have events on our website. Uh, we do a podcast called the Iron Deep Podcast. Uh, we ha- You can sign up for the newsletter that we put, post blogs, come out each week. Um, so yeah, you can get the book on the website as well. That's one of the best ways. It's also on Amazon. And uh, yeah, that's that's the best way to communicate with me. And our event, our events are in person. So again, you know, trying to go deeper instead of wider. I believe there's an in person uh, function. So how you get started is we usually have one. It's called the Men's Awakening. We have one three day intensive Men's Awakening per year. So that's going to be on our website. Uh, and that's one of the best ways to just to get to know us, as to get to know you, is, is to come to that. But to start off smaller, podcast, book, and just to see what we're all about. All right, Brett at irondeep.com, and you've got the book, which again, you can get everywhere books are sold. Secret War Within, fantastic read. You got the podcast, you got other things going on. Thank you for making time to join the show. It's an incredible conversation. We're going to work with the uh, the filters and lenses into the title because I just think that it's such a key part of this conversation and uh, look forward to uh, talking with you sometime again. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, man. 